We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Tide Run Podcast. I'm your host, David Bethay, joined today by my good friend, Lex Caliber, a.k.a. James Lex. James, say what's up. Hey, what's up, everybody? So uh, James and I go way, way back playing basketball, growing up in church together, uh, eating dinner at his house. You know, he's got an Italian mama that does really good cooking. Yeah. And, uh, so we go way back. And James is an avid sports fan, uh, works at Saggy University in Texas. What, uh, what city is it in, James? It's in uh, Waxahachie. It's about 30 minutes south of Dallas, Texas. And that's exactly why I didn't want to say it. Okay, so <laughs> glad to have him joining us today to talk about the Atlanta Braves. And God willing, we're actually going to have baseball this Friday. Yes, please. We need it back. I need to get that, that oh, sound man. of that, that bat hitting the ball. I need to eject that sound in my veins, man. I've been so starved for baseball. I was watching the Braves scrimmage with two camera angles on youtube <laughs> yes i saw that game too and it, it was like you can't you can barely see the numbers no. You, no and there's like no audio and you're just uh-uh. like I, I gotta i think that's acuna yeah go yeah. oh wait, that's culberson all right it's all good you know <laughs> ozzy hit a home run i had no idea where the ball was caught or where it went out of the park none so yeah so uh if you're new to the show please make sure you subscribe on itunes or spotify or any major podcasting platform. Uh, you can also search for us on Facebook or Twitter at Title Run Sports. And our email address is titlerunsports at gmail.com. So you can hit us up that way. We'd love to try to start interacting with you guys that are fans. So we're coming today with five burning questions about the Atlanta Braves for the 2020 season. And starting with the most basic question, which is what is our everyday lineup going to be? So James and I both took turns doing this. I'll share mine first. And I'll make a note that this is kind of dependent on whether or not we have Yasiel Puig. Originally, early this week when we made these lineups, we assumed he'd be yeah. the team. Well, in the last 24 hours, these lineups have changed, right? With, yeah. with Freddie and, uh, and Puig. I mean, yeah. we, who knows what it'll even be uh, by, the time, by the time this uh, podcast goes to publication. Exactly. So based on what we have right now, I'd start my lineup with Acuna hitting first and playing right field. Ozzy hitting second and playing second base, obviously. Freddie hitting third and playing first base. Now, this is where it's going to be some controversy with mine. I had Marcelo Zuna starting in left field, Austin Riley hitting fifth in DH, and Azuna was in the cleanup spot. Hmm. Johan Camargo at third base, which allows Riley to DH. I did that just to get more defense into the lineup. Uh, Dansby playing short and hitting seventh. Ender in center field hitting eighth. And then either Darno or Flowers, actually it'd probably be Darno. Um, at catcher for the simple fact that Darno is a lot better defensively. I found out that Flowers actually led the league in pass balls last year. Yeah, it's kind of been a problem for him. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't realize it was that bad. And my, my B lineup would be the same, same one through five in the lineup, but I would have a Ozuna DH and then put either Duvall or Puig in left field hitting in the six hole. And then the rest of my lineup would essentially remain the same with me possibly bumping Ender and CRT up to seventh mm-hmm. just so we can, wouldn't have a four-straight right-handed bat. So my B line would be Acuna, Albies, Freeman, Azuna at DH, Raleigh at third, Duvall or Puig in left field hitting sixth, NCRT seventh, Dansby eighth, and Darno or Flowers ninth. So, James, go ahead and go through your lineup, man. Yeah, so I, I you know I- – before the Freeman announcement, and in by, and by all indications, everyone's saying Freeman will be starting the opening game at City Field against the Mets. So, with that being said, I, I actually had Acuna. I had moved him down to three. I think 
think they needed the power there, but you know, let's suppose Freeman is playing, then obviously he is the three hole hitter. There's no, there's just no, there's no controversy there. That is what it is. So anyway, I, now I've got Acuna back at at the leadoff spot. Yeah. I think you have to keep him there. He's he's just he's just the spark, and it it clearly it works better mm-hmm. that way. I mean, you have the entire 2019 mm-hmm. season, a full 162 game season, to to show that it works well with him at the top. Uh, second is Albies. Albies. Oh man, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was first or second in the NL in hits last year. I think he's got a he's going to have that second spot. Um, with Freeman uh, backing him up at the three. Number four, I think you have to put Ozuna there. Uh, no one has really, in, in the limited spring training, no one has really stood out that just says they have to be at that four spot. I think the the signing and what Ozuna's power is going to bring. And then I have yeah, him DH okay. uh, because I, I I just, I the defense, I, he's, he was a question mark when he got signed. We were going, how, why are we spending, was 18 million to bring in a guy with a very weak arm, but you have a bat to protect uh Freddie, he. This is amazing. He won a Gold Glove, like, yeah. I know. It's funny because his defensive metrics last year with uh, they're terrible. But I mean, this guy's this guy's won a Gold Glove. But everybody agrees that he's a terrible defender or a below average defender. Right. Yeah. Well, and some of that may just be the advanced metrics really catching up, and and instead of just how many putouts you get from the outfield, you know, I think there's that that could be part of it. Um, All right. Let's move on to five. Mm-hmm. I've got Austin Riley there. I, I you know you want this left, right, left, right, but man, the Braves are big on Riley. Like when you look at how Snitker and 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 Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager, talk about Riley, they want him to be at third base for a long time. You could tell that's the goal. Now they, for the first year, two, three years, you know, they may do some platooning, but that's the goal. And really, in a sixty-game season, I think they're gonna they're gonna take some chances and they're going to put him at the five and with the idea that. I think the plan is next year they move him to four. That that's what I think mm. they, they want. So they're going to deal. It is, and I think that's uh, and plus they'll have him and and Albies. They kind of have the top of the lineup locked up for a while. Yeah, too. So I think that would be nice to have one point. through four. Like you have your one through four essentially set until Freddie's not good anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, and and plus it'll be really cheap with those contracts they got for Acuna and Albies, and plus Riley will still be on his rookie deal, so it'll be. It'll be the dream for the general manager. Um, let's see. After Riley, I got Swanson uh, at six. You know, I thought of him at the at the at the two spot of the of the lineup, but again, mm-hmm. yeah. I just feel like Albies being a switch hitter up there is going to help. Um, was, and you uh, were right. Uh, Ozzy led the league in hits last year, so you were right. <laughs> um, anyway, so Swanson at six, seven. Uh, Adam Duvall in left field. You know. I think Adam Duvall is one of the toughest players. And this is a guy who's got like two 30 homer seasons, an all-star. I mean, this, yeah. is, a, this is a high caliber player. He's a, he's a dark horse to move in that uh, cleanup or fit spot. Even. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good call because he does have good power. And he, well, he's a, first of all, he's a good defender. He's universally yeah. been a good defender. He has good power. So if he's hitting home runs like he did in Gwinnett last year, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, weapon. yeah. He, he, I think he had like 20, 30 home runs in Gwinnett yeah, last year. And I was like, and this is also a guy, you know, we have some concerns cause you know, he's got, uh, he's been, you know, he has diabetes and he is, it's amazing what he has to go through that other guys don't have to, and he overcomes it. And hopefully, you know, he's, he's more prone to get COVID. So let's, let's pray he doesn't get that. Um, at the eight spot, uh, Darno, you know, he's only there over Flowers. I mean, they're gonna. We know they're gonna rotate through him right. and Flowers. Um, you know, you brought up Flowers uh, with the pass balls, but Flowers is like a top five catcher in Major League Baseball in like pitch framing. Like he gets yeah, a lot of strikes that are yeah. not strikes. And if you anyone who's watched a game where Flowers is catching, he'll let one go by, but then he gets a he'll get a strikeout call, and you'll be like, yeah, that was that was 
that was like touching the shoelaces and, and he brings it in. So I think he'll get there, but yeah, Darnell at the eight spot. And I think the catcher is locked in at the eight spot. I think they're going to kind of do what Tony LaRusa was messing around with putting like a pitcher at an eight spot mm-hmm. or a slower runner. And, uh, and I think the nine spots in Ciarte. I like the idea of in Ciarte at nine center field defense, but he's going to be coming up in front of Acuna mm-hmm. when, when the yep. lineup flips. And that is very appealing. Uh, yeah. Plus you got a left, right there. Uh, heading into as lineup flips, you got left hand hitter, right hand hitter. So that's yeah. my that's my prediction. But we got to see how it's going to play out. And see, I fold up the same idea for the reason that you just said. I think that Enciarte there is actually a really good call because of what you just said. If he gets on base at all, um, you have you have somebody for Acuna. So I think that's a genius idea. And we know Enciarte is going to give you a great defense. Acuna was okay in center field last year. He was about league average with all the metrics, you yeah, know, yeah. his range and whatnot, um, with a plus arm. Enciarte, of course, even though he was bad on offense last year, was still a plus plus outfielder defensively. So it, he's really kind of the wild card in the outfield because yeah. if he plays well, man, that outfield really comes together. Someone just tell him it's the second half. Like, and I, and I think he's even <laughs> said, just say, yeah, first half. Yeah, someone just show him stats and be like, dude, you're only hitting 196 right now and just show him that so that he comes in and has the, the second half burst because he'll hit like 300 in like August, yeah. September. Uh, yeah. uh, and it'll be like, dude, come on. Like if, if he is on his game at the nine spot, Oh my goodness, this team is scary. This yeah, team, like, especially the I don't six- expect the 200 hit ender again. I, no. I don't expect that. Nah, but if you gone. get just a guy that's going to hit 260 and still some yeah. bases at nine. Yeah. Oh my and it, with, with, with plus defense, good route running, um, getting the balls. Yeah. He's it's, it's going to be a really good outfield for the Braves. You have Duvall and Ciarte Acuna could very well be one of the best in the National League, if not the best. All right, so that was our first question, which is what is the rotation? And yeah. I'm going to skip around here, James. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Let's go ahead and talk about this since we just talked about the lineup. Power rank your choices for DH. Yeah, uh, I mean, right now I've got Azuna right there just because of the, the defense. He, he fits in really well, the DH. Um, second, I'm going to have Duvall. Now, I like Duvall here because, he, again, he's got that 30-homer power potential. He showed last year he can, he can hit some bombs. When he came up, uh, remember there was that stretch where he was just like, okay, I don't think the Braves need to trade for an outfielder. I think Duvall might yeah. be. Um, had, a, had a good postseason. I, I think Duvall is that, that second. Johan Camargo is my third, and, and I, haven't, I didn't put him in my starting lineup. I like, but here's the thing, I like Camargo. I thought he played very well. Uh, was it 2018 when he like started the whole year? Yeah. We, we win the, the division, and I thought he played well. We were probably ahead of the curve there on that 2018 year. Yeah, but for sure. I feel like he's – He's a very good player. Uh, what I have heard or seen out of camp is that I think he might have come into 2019 a little bit too confident. Um, and when things didn't co- when he didn't play well off the bench without the regular reps coming in 2020, they say he's got like 15 pounds of muscle put on him. That's good news for the Braves. We need that in a shortened season because we know we know all these players are going to get playing time. Just yeah. So he's he's going to have a chance, and he has he's pre- he is he has prepared. Uh, himself for that so I think uh, you know let's just say he's put on some muscle man what if he starts hitting a few bombs like four home runs in the first yeah you know uh, just off the bench well now now you got to put him at the DH spot Uh, I think he's a he's a good candidate and if not I think you know maybe they they put him at third base and then that's my fourth is Riley and yeah yeah. dropping those guys Camargo's not bad he just didn't play well at the shortstop position last year and that's why they had to get Hechevarria um, yeah, I, I think he's a good third. I think he's a he's plus uh, average to plus third baseman. Yeah, so I don't think he's a huge liability at third base defensively. So, in twenty eighteen, he was actually defensively one of the like upper tier third baseman defensively. And like you said, yeah. it dropped off at short, but at third baseman, 
he's not maybe not an elite defender, but he's definitely a plus defender yeah. there. But supposedly Riley is also a very good defender, and I simply, got a good arm. Yeah, he does. I mean, and I simply had Camargo there because I know he's a sure yeah. commodity at third base defensively. Is, yeah. But yeah, that's that's good. And mine wasn't a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Azuna is obviously my first choice for the DH. Azuna just seems like built to be a DH. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah, it just seems like such a natural position for him. I had Austin Riley as my second choice for DH for the reasons we just said because I'm assuming, like, let's say Camargo doesn't struggle at the plate. Like, I'm putting right. him at third. Um, and then Puig or Duvall, depending on which one is not in the outfield. Right. So the other one could DH. And I, honestly, for me, I'm probably not playing Ozuna in left field unless there's an injury or Ender really struggles and we have to move. Uh, and you got you know, to move Acuna to center, to center and then yeah. maybe Duvall to right field. Yeah. Maybe. But that's uh, probably the only way I'm playing Ozuna in the outfield. And again, maybe he'll be better this year. I mean, that's, a, you know, he's a, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll be better this year. That's all you can hope for. You, you can. And then there's also, uh, just to really throw a monkey wrench in this, what if, like, uh, if there's any reason Freeman can't play at first mm-hmm. base or he needs some time to get warmed up, mm-hmm. you got to put Riley at first base. Yep, yep. Which that really changes your lineup mm-hmm. because now who's batting third, right? Is it, you know, that – Ooh, that's a good question. That, that changes everything because if Riley's at first, that when you take Freeman out of your lineup, you're taking an MVP caliber guy out, you, you've got to really move things around. I don't think you can put Riley at the three spot. That that doesn't seem that doesn't seem really that doesn't really seem fair to a, a guy like Riley. Like a young, do you like, do you move? Oh gosh, do you do what you said? Do you put Ender at the leadoff and then bump Acuna down a third? I think you could. I think it would be something like Albie Swanson and uh, maybe Ozuna at the okay. three spot. We don't really have a good three hit, hole hitter with Freeman there. I mean, we haven't mm-hmm. really been going for that. Um, and and Donaldson would be the obvious choice, but right. obviously he, he decided to take ninety million bucks at Minnesota, and I can't blame him one bit for no. And you also can't really be mad at the Braves for not matching that for a guy that's what about yeah. to be thirty four. I mean, and mm-hmm. he he outperformed the power numbers for that age, but right. the 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 history ain't 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 with you if you're plus 32 in your power hitter. And we got a universal DH this year that, that Minnesota has. I think if we had a universal DH, I think, or, or just if the NL had that coming yeah. into, you know, going forward, which is probably going to stick around now. Right. It's really frustrating because once we do this, I don't, I don't see it going back. I agree. But uh, you make a good point because if you know that Donaldson, if when that Donaldson contract's being signed, if you knew you were going to have a DH – and you knew you could rest him and just let him yeah. hit, man. Yeah. That really does change the value of his. It does. Now, he was really good at third defensively. Yeah, he was. Man, like He's got a cannon. Yeah, but you're talking about the value that you get if you know. Oh gosh, if this guy starts you to rest those off, legs, just rest yes. the legs. Mm, uh, that's a very good yeah. point. AA uh, Alexson thought below. You know, he's definitely. Uh, He's kicking himself a little bit, but well, nothing he could have done. There's really nothing he could have done. No, there's no way you could predict it. the Rona would no. do this. Okay, so third question. Yeah. Give me your pitch rotation. And I don't think that any Braves fan is going to have a whole lot of differing opinions on this, but yeah. what is the pitching rotation? You can talk about what it is right now, with the Hamels injury and, or what it's going to yeah. be when we're at full strength. Right. So the Hamels injury is really, uh, man, I was thinking about this this morning because when he came to spring training and we heard shoulder strain and I, and I said, Oh, okay. Well, and then the Rona hit, I said, okay, well, he's going to have a few months to rest. This, this is good mm-hmm. news. Like I've had, I personally have had several shoulder surgeries. I, I know more about the shoulder than most, but I can tell you, it is a long way back for shoulders. It, it is not like other joints. And I thought he'd be fine. When, when I then heard he's got tricep issues, that made me go, okay, 
this is a bigger issue than what we thought because it's been it's been what three and a half months now yeah and he still has not thrown off a mound at at, at training camp or spring training he hasn't thrown at all 18 million i mean it won't be an 18 million dollar contract but right. we signed him to that and we got nothing so I really, I'm not betting on him at all this season because it's only two months. Wow, like, that's it. I don't, I don't point. see it happening. <clears throat> I, again, I've had several surgeries. Physical therapy alone is three months. So, it, I mean, I mean, he he's got a different physical therapy regimen than I did. So, I mean, he's got pros helping him. Yeah, but I, I have to say, I'm not going to count on Hamels. So that, and I was going to actually put him at the top of the rotation. I felt like the veteran presence that he was going to provide. Plus, he's been, he just murdered the Braves for years. And boy, it would yeah. be nice to watch him th throw against the Phillies and Killing take them out a few Philly, times. Yeah. Um, anyway, so no, at the top of the rotation, it's gotta be Mike Soroka. I mean, duh, no duh. Um, I don't think Snickers going to make that mistake he made in the division series last year. Sorry to have to bring that up, but, um, <laughs> yes, Soroka's, no, Soroka's one and, and he's going to be there uh, as long as he proves he can still have that crazy movement on his pitches. Yeah. Um, second is going to be freed. I, I think freed is a fantastic starter. I think he yeah. was a great pickup via trade and apparently guys, Max freed is learning a changeup. Can you imagine that fastball, fastball, curveball, and he's picking up a changeup? Guys, this is scary. If that, if he can throw 97, 98 with a devastating curve and a, if he's a three pitch kind of pitcher, he, he very well may pass Soroka. Like he is, he wow. is that good. And, and obviously he's just got to avoid injury. Yeah. Uh, third, third is going to be the guy who's got to redeem himself is Fulty. Fulty. Okay. Yeah. I've got Fulty. Okay. I got Fulty just because I wanted to go a little bit left, right. And I, I, yeah. I feel like Fulty, again, he was an all-star not that long ago. And I think he's got a little fire uh, after that, uh, after last year's uh, finish. That was a humbling season for him. I mean, like getting benched and then having one of the worst implosions in franchise history uh, in the playoff game. And and that was coming off the AAA send down coming up pitching yeah. so well. They were like, okay, we got to start this guy twice. And that's what happened. Yeah, tough. Uh, Sean Newcomb. I I really like Sean Newcomb. Yeah, I do too. I, I think I think he's. I mean, I, I get why they put him in the in the in the bullpen, but I, man, if he has any kind of fire, he's going to come and can show that he belongs in the rotation. He's a good three four kind of guy, um, and he won't have to be one two. Not with Soroka free. You know, he just he just needs to get guys out and eat up some innings. And then fifth, I've got Kyle Wright right now because mm -hmm. I, here's what I think though. Snickers already said he's open to the 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 opener role, right? Like one or two innings for your quote-unquote starter but not really your starter and that's where I think they're going to put Tomlin and Bryce Wilson they're going to use them as the the opener but um, we'll see what happens especially as the roster start shrinking from 30 down to 28 to 26 so it's going to be interesting here I, again I, I want to put Hamels in there if Hamels does get healthy he's you know Kyle Wright's off the off the back end and Hamels will move in probably at the three spot to start off with um, but I, right now, Soroka Freed, Fulte Newcomb, and, and Kyle Wright to start off. Chance, I, a few Braves insiders are saying Joss Tomlin is going to be that fifth starter, that they're trying to stretch him out <clears throat> based on the – and what we'll see, we'll really see against the Marlins. That's really where we'll know what these exhibition games, um, what their plan is for, for Tomlin. But I just don't see Tomlin as – I mean, I know he can eat innings, and he, I think he used to be a starter, but I just don't see him over uh, a young guy like Kyle Wright. they got to get the young guys – innings man. right they've got to get the young especially with no no minor league baseball i, I think the braves are going to give it uh to, to the young guy kyle Wright, and really dark horse outside chance ian anderson okay who i have not seen yet and yeah i haven't either mine essentially ends up looking the same as yours soroka freed fulton evich newcomb and i'll talk about my fifth spot in a second but I originally wanted to move Fulte up at the second slot, but I kind of realized that it would be like what you said. You'd have Soroka, Fulte, righty-righty, then Freed, mm -hmm. Newcomb, lefty-lefty. 
And so like that just didn't seem to make sense. So, and let's be honest, Freed was a lot better than Fulton Evans last year. Wasn't oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So close. Yeah. I ended up with Soroka, Freed, Fulty, Newcomb. And then I wanted to go Tuki Toussaint, but I don't think he's gonna be ready for opening day. He okay, so he just reported right with Freeman right. a day or day or two ago, I guess. Um, yeah, and so like, and real simply to me, it was down to him, Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, I think, has pitched twenty five major league innings. I think Bryce Wilson's pitched like twenty seven. Neither of them were very, very impressive. I mean, they were no. both like disasters last year when they pitched. Yeah, um, and they had to pitch. Well, they had to pitch on the road against the Phillies. Yes, the season. Welcome to the welcome to the majors. Also, you're pitching behind Julio Tehran. Um, I mean, I think they both had ERAs of like over seven last year and the little bit of time they had and Toussaint, while he hasn't exactly been lights out, um, he he has pitched 70 major league innings. He has a better strikeout rate. The biggest thing with Toussaint is just control. I mean, God, he just walks so many batters, doesn't give up a lot of home runs, but he just gives up a lot of base runners because he walks so many people. So if he can get ready, he's probably my choice. And, like you mentioned, they're probably going to be doing piggyback starts to to begin with anyway. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love it to be him. It should be Cole Hamels, but it's obviously not going to be for a while. So I think I, my only yeah. difference there is I would probably go with Toussaint. Where I do agree with you is you've got to start with these young pitchers. Give them a chance. See if you can find another Freed or – well, maybe not another Soroka or Freed, but another good, good starter that could be a quality – fourth starter behind your who you hope are your next I hate to say this but your next you know Maddox Glavin and Smoltz and Soroka yeah. Freed and Fulty that's what you're hoping that is um hey I'll give you a, an interesting stat here because you brought up Toussaint being you know lots of walks um Josh Tomlin last year uh he's the he's the inverse right he gave up 14 home runs oh my seven, gosh seven walks <laughs> my so it, it, start 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 them together, and and maybe maybe it works, uh, or maybe you just walk a lot of guys and put the other guy in, and it's bombs. You don't really want that, oh but but yeah, that's kind of the thing. If Tomlin can just avoid the, the long ball, I mean, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. Yeah. He's, throwing, he's throwing strikes. He's clearly throwing strikes. Throwing strikes, but, yeah. But you, you you need that. You need that to get through a season, especially if you're down like you know eight runs in the third inning, and you're like, all right, sixty game season, let's play this carefully. <laughs> that's a good segue into our next question, which is, what is the strength of this team, yeah. man? I had initially said that I thought one of the strengths was depth, particularly infield depth and outfield depth, which I guess is basically your whole team. But when I mean <laughs> infield depth, I mean like the versatility. So like right. Raleigh can play third and first. Um, Camargo can play the whole side of the infield. You have Echeverria who can play every position in the infield. He can even play some emergency first. <laughs> Charlie Culberson can play third. Don't really want him at short, but he can play it. He can play first. Yeah. So you just have all these pieces that can fit together. And in the outfield you have – we hope we Ozuna Acuna Enciarte and Duvall and that's just a lot of depth and a lot of versatility and it this is. is so important because what we saw in the playoffs last year Colberson gets hit in the face a week before the playoffs start mm-hmm. Johan Camargo fractures his shin and you go from having a very solid bench to no bench and right. boy if that didn't show up in that Cardinal series and late uh. in situations we need pinch hitters or you need defense substitutions and you don't have it. Or or when or when uh one of your players uh showboats and doesn't get his rear end to second base and oh you want to sub him out and you can't. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. But I put that and then I said this and Scott the status assassin disagreed with me on this. And uh Ooh. I think the Braves middle relief and is gonna be good because 
probably some mixture of Kyle Wright, Tookie Desson, or Bryce Wilson. At least two of those are probably going in the bullpen. For sure. And then Luke Jackson is now a sixth inning pitcher instead of a closer. Oh, thank God. Yeah, good. you have Wilson really good. closing games. Yeah, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, we brought Chris Martin back, I believe. Yes, we did. Yes, so, I mean, should be back. I mean, good gracious. And and, and Mark Melanson is, yeah. is back, you know. And uh, well, we got to see Will Smith. Uh, he's he's COVID right now, um, but he, theoretically, he's joining in a couple weeks. Uh, that's that's another all star. And if Melanson isn't just a disaster, like he, not Melanson, excuse me. Yeah. Shane Green, thank you. Yeah. Who? Yeah. If he's not a disaster like he was at times last year, yeah. if he's anywhere close to what he was with the Tigers, I mean, he can close games, or he's your setup guy, and so he's your seventh inning guy. He, yeah, and well, yeah. I mean, that's an option too. Yeah, they, there, there's so many good pitchers there from like six to nine. If they can just get to the fifth inning, and if they could really just go, okay, let's go Jackson, Green, Melanson, Smith, uh, some kind of combo. I, I didn't bring up Martin. Um, you know, yeah. they, they've got they got some guys there. They can they can really shorten games. And this is the best bullpen since uh, the Oventral, uh way back yeah. uh, way back when. You know, you, we used to have Flaherty Venters and Campbell. And the other thing here, and I pointed this out to someone, to Scott the other day, was you think about the Braves last year if they had a DH. Yeah. And they're not oh, having man. to make late-ending substitutions. Oh, well, it's a 2-1 game. You're having to take out Soroka after six innings, even though he's pitching well, because there's runners on first and second with one out. and He's due up in the order. Yeah. He's pitched six innings of one-run ball. And you have to take him out because you have to – get in Culberson, try to pinch hit and drive in a run. There are so many times that happen when like Soroka free to give you a great start and you have to pull them because they're not getting enough run support and pinch hit where if you're not having to pull them, you're not having to put in Luke Jackson, Josh Tallman, basically any other lever last year besides Sean Newcomb. That was terrible. Like, yeah. I think that might've given the Braves three extra wins last year. Just the fact that they had the DH and didn't have to manipulate their lineup with the strategy that is required for working around pitcher spot in the lineup. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's even with the Braves winning a lot of close, a lot of games, one yeah. run games. They did. I mean, they that is one strength that hasn't that has not historically been a strength of the Braves. No. Of these 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 close, uh, you know, how many games have they lost seven six to the Phillies? You know, like that's like a. Uh, but I think yeah, you're right. They they would have gotten a couple more for sure. And the interesting thing to me is like the Braves were basically carried by their offense, so. Last year, typical Braves game, you get five or six innings from your typical starter, unless it's Soroka, you get six and a half or seven. They would have three runs at the end of six or seven innings. The bullpen would give up two more, and the Braves would score three in the eighth and ninth to win. <laughs> like, that was like a typical oh. Braves game. Exciting. Very exciting, exciting. yeah. And the, the, the seventh through the ninth, man. Yeah, and the thing is that the Braves were a, were a good offensive team last year, definitely yes. carried by their offense. And I think this lineup – is deeper and better than the one they had last year with all the versatility yeah. and all the bats they can bring off the bench now. I think it's right. a better offensive lineup. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, that's one of the things that I brought up as the strength of the team was flexibility right. and moving guys around. But the 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 ability to move guys and, and really the youthfulness of the team was another strength yeah. that I had listed. But a lot of the guys are back and you go, how is it better? Well, it's because they have another 162 games mm -hmm. under their belt. So yeah. you just advanced everyone. And they're still in their early 20s. Like, yeah. you know, the, these Acunas and, and, and Aussies and, and Riley, uh, really young. And Camargo is still young. Yeah, and so young. I don't think Ender is even 30 yet. Like, we're talking a lot of guys still in their 20s that I think that they are going to get better. Uh, now, the question is, will they have their bodies ready to start competing, you know, week one? That's going to be the yeah. challenge. 
but I kind of go, hey, everyone's got that that challenge, right? The Mets have that challenge. The Phillies got that challenge. The Yankees got everyone in there in the Eastern Division is going to have that. So I think the, uh, you know, the, I think the flexibility is good. Youthfulness, I want to point out one thing. All these guys, you know, the veterans that are having to loosen back up, you mm-hmm. know, they're on the end of their career. These young guys don't care. Like, yeah. they just want to play baseball. Like, Ozzy and Acuna always come up. But, you know, don't think Dansby Swanson doesn't want to get out there and find a way to hit 20 home runs in a two-month season, you know? You got, they, don't, they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't know. They're, they want to they get a hot streak. They want to send a message for that contract they want to get. And I, they're healthier. They're younger. So it's going to be easier for them to recover and uh, play more games and get more playing time. So this is – this is a strength for the Braves right now, the, the youthfulness versus uh, other teams that, you know, maybe went with uh, some shorter free agent contracts uh, and piled in to fill out their roster. And you brought up the, the ages like Freddie's the old man on the team at he really is. 30 years old right now. Like he's, this is his age 30 season. Marcelo Zuna <sighs> is 29. It seems like he should be so much older yeah. than that. Ender is 29. Yeah. I mean, like, you really make a good point. Even Travis Charnot is yeah. just 31 this year. So, yeah, like I think the oldest. That's player why are, cakes going down was huge. Yeah, having because he was he was that veteran. He was the guy that yeah. would he would just grab a rookie and say, "Hey, shut up," and that would like that would solve problems yeah. in the clubhouse. And that's gonna be missed. You still have Freddie, but yeah, I agree with that. Mark Hakes is president of the clubhouse. What we will not probably miss is his defense, which actually had really declined just because his range declined. His fielding percentage yeah. was astronomically yeah. high. His range was had declined significantly to the point where he wasn't getting a lot of balls. But you're going to miss miss his professionalism, um, his voice in the locker room. But, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at this lineup, and it's like, my goodness, even so many of the guys we brought in are under 30. And Yasiel Puig, I believe, might still be 29. I'm checking, but yeah, it just goes to show, like, these are guys that are still very much in what should be their physical prime, able to still perform at a high level. And Puig is – yeah, this is his age 29 season. So it's because these guys are coming up at like 2021 20, more frequently as opposed to let's get yeah. them, you know, three or four years in the minors. There, there's definitely this increase and in, let's get the, the top prospects through the pipeline quicker. And like Acuna, Acuna is he's a major league player by talent, but and he does good job even with pitch selection. But then he does stuff that makes you go, what are you doing in the majors? Like when he'll run around and he, he'll, uh, you know, he, he showboats or. Uh, he won't hustle the second. I hate it. He'll, uh, uh, <laughs> he'll you know, th- those those little things that make you, or you know, he'll lazily throw a ball in, like those things mm-hmm. that you that get corrected yeah. in the minors. Uh, you know, he's getting it in in a major league playoff game. Like, just, but you, what are you gonna do? Take out a forty forty guy, know, like a guy I who know. can who can basically hit forty and steal forty in a season. You can't take him out. So you have these this youthfulness that again, hopefully after last season and the humbling completion of the season. Let's hope that they that the experience is going to help carry them and their but their youthful bodies will will be a huge asset for the Braves in the in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's the Andrew Jones problem. That's the that's the way I think uh, it's the Andrew Jones problem. Yes. Oh, uh, I, I need to bring up one person since you brought up Andrew Jones. It's Christian Pache. We haven't talked about <laughs> yeah, him we at all. We haven't talked about him at all. And and you know, I, it looks like he's going to start off the year with an injured ankle. But yeah. he really throws a, a monkey wrench in the lineup if he jumps in because he basically takes NCRT. Yeah, spot, that's what I was about to say. That, that's a, that's a very similar skill set to NCRT. So, like you said, if Ender doesn't hit, crap, hit your weight, Ender, because you're, you're good enough yeah. on defense. Just hit your weight, yeah. and you, you might be able to stay in the lineup. But, I mean, if he's not going to hit, why wouldn't you bring up Pache? It's not like he can get work yeah. in the minors. Right. 
and, and you might as well see what you got. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, again, it, they say he's got the best defense since Andrew Jones at center field for the Braves. It's high praise. He's that's very high praise. I'm talking like high 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 ranking officials in the Braves organization. So okay, I'm going to pause you there because yeah. when somebody says that Andrew Jones may be the best center fielder ever in baseball history, so yes. like if you're comparing to Andrew Jones, just whoa, man, oh yeah. man, okay. Please continue. I'm just wow. You're not wrong there. I mean, ten straight gold gloves. Are we ever going to see ten straight gold gloves in the outfield in our in our time? I mean, not that are, not that are actually deserved. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And even with things like you know war and, and, and defensive and all the defensive metrics that yeah, you know, with the whole saber metrics, the offense got the first right. the first round of of work, but the defense is finally starting to pick they up. Are. And what we're finding is that. Andrew Jones was something else on defense, mm-hmm. like the, the range, the route running as they're going back and archiving this footage and adding yeah. it basically. They're finding out, okay, this, and, and so we're talking Andrew Jones might be a Hall of Famer sooner than later because his, his defensive numbers are, are holding up. It's not just, okay, he made some flashy catches. No, yeah. the, dude, the dude hauled in everything that was like within 100 feet of him, no matter how hard it was hit. So that, that's, so to say Pache is going to be, even close to that. I that's mean, what I'm saying. That's insane. That's, and I was reading an article a few, like about two months ago, we're saying that, you know, William Mays was the best center footer ever. And yeah. they, they show Andrew, Andrew Jones's defensive war, his range factor, all the stuff. And it crushes yeah. everybody else on their list. It's not even close. And they had him right. right, right like fourth. And I was like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. No, especially when you add in his plus arm, but anyways, we can talk about Andrew Jones another time. Yeah. Um, so I put his strengths, depth, and lineup versatility, and you put yep. youthfulness and flexibility, which yep. I think we, we're in agreement there. So then this – I'll ask this question, and we'll wrap up here. Where do you see the holes yeah. in this team? I think right now it's starting rotation. You have a lot of question marks. You like, okay. you like Soroka and Freed, but they're young. And, you know, last year was their, fir- their first full season in the majors. Like, they were – the minor league seasons are shorter. How are they going to work on a 60 60- – you know, on a 60 game season, uh, I think they'll be okay. But, you know, they've also taken like five, six months off. They, yeah. you know, or they started up for spring training, turned it back off. I mean, theoretically, they're keeping going, but, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not the same as actually being in, in live game situations. It's I not agree the same. With that. And, and then you got the back end. I mean, Fultonavich, Newcomb, and whoever is at the fifth spot of the rotation, like yeah, not, not exactly your, and, and the, really the biggest weakness isn't even that. When you look at, you know, let's just say the Braves get to the playoffs. Man, you better your starting pitcher better get some work done. Like we saw this with the Washington Nationals when they had Scherzer and they had Strasburg coming up. It was just every night you're going, man, this is tough. I don't yeah. know how we're gonna. I don't know how yeah. we're gonna get through this. And the Braves don't really. It's like, ooh, Soroka. Like Soroka's yeah. good, but is he that guy that sets a mental tone? He's no Clayton Kershaw. He's no Max right. Scherzer yet. And not yet, but yeah. that is something. And hey, maybe this is the year they, they, they shock everyone. I'd love that. But for right now, I'm not saying that, you know, like I, I, I would like the Washington Nationals in a short series just for the same reason that they succeeded last year. The mm-hmm. rotation so strong. Uh, left-handed bats. I mean, and it's, it's crazy you're saying that on a team with Freddie Freeman. But after Freddie, yeah. uh, you know, we're looking at left-handed hitters. Uh, let's see, Ozzy Albies. Switch we're looking hitter, at Camargo. Camargo. But they're switch hitters, you know. And they're not Ender. like pure left-handed. And Ender. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, but that's that's about it. And then last is just the defined roles. The, the benefit of flexibility is the downside of guys not knowing where they're going to play. Uh, that's the one nice thing about having 
the, a guy like uh, Riley is, oh, yeah, we can just throw him in left field if we need to because we can move Acuna to center. Well, now you have guys that they're, they're kind of questioning. It's what the problem with the bullpen with the Braves last year. Those guys don't know when they're going in the game. They're just like, you know, as soon as as soon as someone, uh, you know, say, uh, was it Fulton Evich gives up six runs in the third inning, they're going, all right, who's going up? Uh, any one of us, literally any one of us could be standing up and warming up. And there's a security that comes with Luke Jackson is our closer. At least there's some one guy yeah, that can go, yeah. all right, I guess I won't be pitching tonight. The defined roles, I think that's something that Snicker is going to have to really get locked in as soon as possible with the understanding that there is flexibility for, man, what if someone gets catches COVID or there's an yeah, uh, in- yeah. injury, right? We talked about that. But, Good gracious, yeah. yeah. And that's, it's, and so, it's not a matter of if, it's, it's when. Yeah. It, it's going to happen. Someone's going to test positive like we've already seen, and bam, that's two weeks gone in a short season. And they, and they got their first series in New York, which is kind of the epicenter of the of the pandemic That's in the United States. Too. So Golly. it's really bad to start there. I wish we were starting in Miami or um, and anywhere, but New York. Yeah, Florida ain't looking great either. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, but like. Yeah, that, that's really a good point I hadn't thought about. And I kind of had the same thoughts to me. And this is the fifth question. Where are the holes in this team? It's yeah. left handed bats, like you said. We, and that's where we will miss Marquez. He's a quality left handed mm-hmm. bat. And yes. I put middle relief, even though I said earlier that could be a strength, just because it's kind of an unknown. Like if it ends up being one of these starters like Kyle Wright or Bryce Wilson or Tuki Tassant that we move out, that we move out of the bullpen, can they be what Sean Newcomb was last year? Because Sean Newcomb last year as a middle reliever was lights out. And so yeah. I'm just concerned if we'll get that kind of consistency from them in that role. So, Yeah, and then what happens if Newcomb, again, struggles as a starting pitcher yeah. and you move into middle relief? Now now your hole just went from uh, who, who's going to move from the bullpen to your starting rotation at the four spot, not the five. Yeah. No, not the five, the, the four. So we'll have to see. And I feel confident Newcomb's going to bounce back. I really do. Um, yeah. But, you know, who knows? All right, so – Last thing is kind of give me an overall prediction for the season. And it's kind of hard to approximate wins and losses because like, I don't know how to predict wins for a 61 season. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I do a, a 162 record is easy to predict. And I guess you could just take yeah. that and, you know, divide by three. Kind yeah. Of. Divide by three roughly but or, but, ish. but, or 2.7, whatever it is. But here's the thing yeah. is um, it's also, we're not playing a normal schedule. We have to play oh, yeah. the we have to play the AL East, which is like one of the best divisions in baseball. And yeah. granted, so does everyone else in our division. But man, I really feel like that's going to affect the divisions, of, the records of everyone else in our division. And I feel like it might hurt our division's chance of putting the team in the wild card, where I think we arguably are one of the stronger divisions in the NL. Yeah, hundred percent. And you take a look at like even like the Central, like the Cincinnati Reds, got to be feeling good knowing they're playing the AL Central. Yeah. You know? They they feel good, whereas you know the Braves they they know they have games against the Yankees and Red Sox. The one the one benefit for the Braves though is, is for the season is they don't have to travel to Toronto, so that means they stay inside the United States all all year. That is that is a benefit because they were in the, the the one division that's got the Canadian team, and uh, you know oh, Toronto that's will be true. They, yeah, so yeah, so the Braves will get uh, you know the, they'll get to host Toronto, but they don't have to uh, travel wow. to Canada, which is. That, that could be that could be that could be its own can of worms if something yeah. happens there. Could you imagine what baseball would have to do to oh maybe goodness. move to Toronto somewhere in the U.S. but um, move the Blue Jays somewhere in the United States? Anyway, uh, so for the season, I think that you know I'm going to be a little positive here just because we know what this team can do in, in close games. It's largely the same lineup. I think it's 35 win minimum. 
So out of the 60, I think it's 35 win minimum. 40 would be nice, but man, 40 would be, you know, was that six, 667 winning percentage? That, that's, that's a little pretty high, yeah. But, would that be but, 108 wins in a full season, yeah, something like that? That would be high. That would be very I think, high, okay. But here's the thing. It, because it's a short season, you're going to have a team with like a 700 winning percentage in here because someone's <laughs> going to get hot. Like, like Aaron yeah. Judge and Mike Stanton get hot to start the season off, and they'll win like 25 out of 30 games in, in, in August. Like it could, that could be a thing. And whoever's whoever's hot, man, that team is going to get wins. They will just straight up forget wins above her. But it's, you're just getting dubs, and and every win is again two point seven three times more valuable than last year. So I could see a team like the Reds winning, but you know what? I think the Braves consistently they they proved last year they were no one wants to play the Braves in the playoffs last year. Like no one wanted to because they they have that pop game by game, and that's why I think thirty five is safe. I mean thirty is really safe. Five hundred right is pretty good, but. I think 35 is reasonable, uh, especially if if Hamels shows up for September and, and contributes positively. Um, but you know, we'll have to. <laughs> we can make predictions, but man, who knows what's going to happen with uh, traveling, COVID restrictions, and how many minor leaguers come up? Like, let's just right, say eight guys. Yeah. Let's just say eight guys get COVID, and now they go to the 60 man roster, right? And, and they're pulling guys from there. I, I don't know. Uh, who knows what will happen. But again, presuming everyone stays relatively safely, maybe 10% of your team, so one or two guys um, is going to get COVID on a, on a rotating kind of basis. I think 35 is reasonable. Okay, and just trying to project it, I, if I was going for the 162, I would probably say the Braves are somewhere between floor 85 one team, ceiling about 94, um, just because yeah. I think the division is better. I think we won 94 games last year, which was way above our projections. Um so averaging that out, I guess, over the course of a 61 season, I put the Braves somewhere between about 33 and 36 wins. Um, and again, we have no idea what's going to be, what's going to, what it's going to take to make a wild card. Um, usually yeah. the wild card is somewhere between about 85 and 88, somewhere in there, some years yeah. higher. So if you put the Braves at a, you know, at that winning clip, I think that we're a wild card team. I think we're going to finish second in the division, probably behind the nationals. I would guess, um, I, I, if they get hot with their pitching, I think we're going to make the wild card in the playoff, hopefully. And that, that's kind of my prediction. I think we're a wild card team. I think we have a chance to get out of the wild card and go really deep if our starting pitching hits its potential. But I think we're going to be really good offensively. And I think we're going to be good at the top of the rotation. Yeah, agreed. I think I, I, I agree with your range roughly that 85, 95 win season. Um, basically last year. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels, yeah. it feels safe. You know, you lose Donaldson, but you got a couple of other additions. I think it's a safe a safe prediction. Um, I don't. I, who can predict a fifty win season this year? You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean like exactly. Yeah. And one yeah, of the I things, don't know how you do that. One of the things that I said last year is watching the Braves early on. I had a hard time identifying what they were. And as season went on, I said, okay, the Braves are good at two things: we hit and we catch the ball well. We don't necessarily pitch well all the time, but we hit and we catch the ball well. Yep. And I think if the you know, and we 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 can't we're terrible in relief. Our starting pitch is inconsistent, but we did those two things well. I think if the Braves continue to do those two things well, hit and catch the ball well, I think this they could possibly even win the division with good starting pitching added to that. So we'll see. Yeah. No, I to me that to me that that's a reasonable goal. They've proven they can get to the playoffs consecutive years. They just need to be themselves. They don't need to make a radical trade, which the trade market looks pretty dead anyway, but yeah. they don't need to do anything, they don't need to do anything radical to get the division. They just need to play. Their, their game, like you said, use, use the power of guys like Duvall and, and Acuna and Freeman. And hopefully the changes we made to the bullpen 
that's going to shore that the back end of the game up so we can feel like when we get we're ahead by three runs we're not going to give up three <laughs> in the eight exactly know? again last year it's like well we better be up by at least four because we're going to give up at least two <laughs> i know maybe three yes all right so we're both optimistic about the season it sounds like do we yeah. both agree we see them as a playoff team yes this is a playoff team 100 percent, and uh you know you can lock that in lock it in all right well that's it for today Thanks again to James Lex for joining me today. Um, James, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to record this. I'm looking forward to some Braves baseball. I'll be doing the chop for my sofa, hopefully not to offend anybody. And uh, hopefully the Braves will have a great year. So this is Dave Bethay and James Lex from the Title Run Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. <laughs>